0: So what is what is good for the body? or What is the body good for, rather? Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Uh, we'll start there. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be... Uh, "...transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to every one among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members of one body, and all members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ." and individually members one of another. Since we have the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy, arbor what is evil, Cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, and giving preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope and persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. Contributing, uh, Blessing those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Give the same mind one to another. Do not be haughty in your mind, and associate, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Neither pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, Just to preface, I am reading from the New American Standard this evening. Um, uh, And you may notice that it's a little bit different than the King James Version. Uh, uh, My understanding is that it follows the uh, original Greek uh, context and how it was written. Uh, so therefore, some of the verses are kind of uh, flip flop from what we're used to in the King James version. Um, but uh, nonetheless, this this uh, the Word of God here, and I I, I like uh, and see how uh, this compares to the the King James version as it still holds the same context. So here in chapter twelve, you see that. It's a rich, it's a rich passage um, regarding our service to God um, in the Old Testament. The priest and, uh, and, and an Israelite that sinned would each year make a sacrifice year, continually each year to roll over or provide remission for their sins for the year, or rolling forward that sin to the next to the next offering, so that they could atone for their sins that they had committed throughout the year and to make their service acceptable before God. But under New Testament, the sacrifice was no longer required of an animal, but we are to provide ourselves as a living, acceptable sacrifice before the Lord, which is our spiritual service of worship as the the scripture there bears out, that our lives would be acceptable. We know that... we forego our lives of in the flesh uh, to be found in Christ because we do, uh, or at least I'd hope we do when we come to serve the Lord and uh, submit in, in baptism and, be, and join the body that we are seeking to be pleasing to God and not rather to men. He says, because we cannot please God outside of Christ. So therefore we take up this yoke of service in Christ being led by the Spirit to seek to change our minds from the former things which we formerly thought so our life in the flesh that we're seeking to shed that life and to be subservient to the Lord in Christ so as to discern the will of God as he would have us to do in his service So it's not so we can be lords over our uh, fellow servants or our brothers and sisters in Christ, but so that we can aid one another and be delivered from uh, the flesh. That is why we are one unit in the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Uh, Verses 12 through 14. He says there, For even as the body is one, and yet it has many members, all members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And I'll stop there. I could read the whole the whole passage there into verse 31, but we just don't have enough time to cover all that, and there's so much context-rich things that we'll have to cover that, uh, and uh, Lord willing, uh, soon. But to focus on on what we're covering here tonight, this text seems to indicate that without one another, we it, it, it's it's impossible. I mean, in Christ, it requires we require each each other. We're not individually individuals. We're individuals one of another. It says, he says there in verse twelve. He says, for even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body. Though they are many, our one body also in, is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. We all drink of the same spirit. So, the the, the text seems to indicate here that without one another, uh, that with one another, we're nourished by the same spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, which gives us uh, comfort and guides us and teaches us and and shows us what it is that that uh, the Lord would have us to do of course we know that the nation of Israel wasn't an individual uh, type society it was the congregation of Israel the nation of Israel that was one unit um, and collectively uh, by the leadership of the ones that the Lord placed in, in power and by their, their lives they were either found acceptable or they weren't uh, we see that the scripture bear that out as they were uh born into captivity because of their sins and their idolatry and uh, not having a heart to follow the Lord. Uh we see that happen um in at the time of uh, after Jesus' death that uh Jerusalem was raised to the ground by the Romans. Um not because Jesus foretold that, that that would come. That was part of uh, them not recognizing Christ as the Messiah. So, Israel as a unit was the church. And so when Jesus came, he fulfilled the old law, thus making a way for the Gentiles and the Jews to become uh, one, uh, one body. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, "Therefore, uh, Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, Remember that you were at the time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you uh, who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has both made our groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments, contained in ordinances so that he himself that in himself excuse me uh, he might make the two into one new man thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both into one body through the cross by having it put to in death the enmity and he came and preached peace to those who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we ha- both have our access in one spirit to the Father. And then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but your fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into the holy temple of the Lord and in whom you also are being built together into the dwelling of God in the Spirit. So through the sacrifice of Christ, it was made possible that Jews and Gentiles would not be separate, uh, but that the Gentiles would be brought into Christ, into the service of God, which was a point of contention at that particular point in time. Uh... Paul's argument is that Christ broke down the barrier to provide opportunities uh, so that the two might be fitted together. Thus, I mean, he sent the apostles out to, uh, the disciples out to preach and teach and to baptize in his name. So that wasn't just to the Jews, that was to the Gentiles as well. We also see Paul went and preached to the uh, the Jews, but when the Jews didn't receive him, he dusted himself off and said, all right, I'm going to the Gentiles. So, you know, we have that in the scripture as well. And this was all for what? The glory of God. That they would be representative of God in the body of Christ. Being a continual light to the rest of the world. That is what the body of Christ is today. We're we're made up of of both Jews and Gentiles. Some more Gentiles and some more Jews. Uh, So what was the purpose of this? This was Christ's intention when he was crucified so that the world might be able to be restored back to the way the... God had the cre- creation at the beginning of time. He wanted it to be uh, this way so that we could honor and glorify him as he had originally designed us to. But without Christ, there is no such way. That's why we come in into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 13. <clears throat> Let's start there in verse 14 actually. It says, now God has not only raised the, raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them a members of the prostitute? May it never be. Or do you know that the one who joins himself to the prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every sin, every other sin that is man, uh, man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you and whom you have from from God and that you are not your own for you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body? So we cannot enjoy the things of 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 this world which is contrary to to the teachings and uh, that the Lord set forth. is that we continue to be in Christ and renounce those things which are of, uh, of the world, especially these sins which he, he talks about. He says, flee immorality. Every sin that man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Well, we're in the body of Christ. We sin against Christ. But it not only affects our own life in Christ, but it affects those of others. It affects the way Christ is portrayed in the world. So the importance of having one another is to encourage one another in our difficulties and the things that we face. If, say for instance, I'm struggling with how uh, things happen between two two members of, of the body, they're getting in an argument or they 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 contradict one another. What what do you think's gonna happen? Well, we it creates division in the body and it creates difficulties. And that's not how the Lord designed this body to work. He designed us to encourage one another. So it's the responsibility of the other members to encourage these two members and find find a way for them to get through this. Find a solution. Look in the Scripture; it's chock full of it. Because this is the way the Lord's called us to be: we one. We have one spirit with Him. He says, "For you have been bought with a price; therefore, glorify God in your body." Really, we ought to make our, our lives with the Lord right. Keep it right. We can't do it by ourselves, but we better lean on the Lord for understanding and pray that the Lord would, through His Spirit, provide us with the understanding we need to to function this life. I can't physically do it myself and force myself into the kingdom, but I've got to do it with the Lord's help. So it requires me to Pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ that they might be encouraged and that we should pray over our actions and the things we do that affect one another. Let's look at Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two. Verses one through eight, for I want you to know that how great a struggle I have on your behalf for those who are who are at layout of sin for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and obtaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ Himself in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I say this, that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. For even though I am absent in the body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and your stability and your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude." See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to traditions of men and according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. So, Brother Paul's defense here into the church at Colossia was that he had struggled greatly to encourage and strengthen the brethren at Laodicea and and those whom he hadn't met here, especially at the Colossea, so that they wouldn't be deceived by the false teachings in the world, but rather that they would realize that they would be strengthened in Christ He goes, therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and to be overflowing with gratitude. He's encouraging them. They're not to be caught up in the empty deceptions of of the thinking of the time and uh, the traditions of men held and those things which are pleasing to the flesh. But he encourages them to be built up in Christ. Well, how are we built up in Christ? It requires us to be submissive, doesn't it? To be humble. Because only then in our humility can the Lord lift us up and teach us and show us the way we should walk. But we've received Christ. He says, so walk in him. And when we have these difficulties and we see one another struggling, that's when we can step in on their behalf. Paul's encouragement here wasn't wasn't for his own benefit, but it was for the benefit of those that were reading the letter. Without his encouragement, the wisdom the Lord provided and the guidance of the Spirit they would have been out there afloat, wouldn't they? Praise God that it's not that way. Let's go back to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. And we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man and to measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking truth and love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him whom is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love that through the unity of Christ we are guided by the holy spirit teaching and encouraging one another so that we can overcome our struggles paul was encouraging the church here to do what he says you're there, there are some there uh, he gave some apostles some prophets evangelists pastors teachers he says for what for the equipping of the saints to equip the brethren to be built up in Christ, he says, "Until we attain, we, and until we all attain, the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man." So, the desires that we grow and we we learn, eating the as the Spirit guides us to do so with each other. And in in Christ, that we would reach fullness. What what's reach the maturity level that we need to be at in Christ in our understanding. He says, as a result, we are no longer children. We're not. We're not needing to learn, uh, and and be fed simple things, but we're able to mature in Christ and be well defended because of our our faith in the looking to the Lord but he says there not being deceived and tossed about by the other doctrines or the lies and schemes of men but speaking the truth in love speaking what we need to know To one another, so that we are able to grow up into all aspects into Him who is the Head, even Christ, Hmm. and that we can be what from whom the whole body, being fitted and joined together, but every that every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causing the growth of the body, so that in one. In Christ, and as members one of another, that we as we grow, we supply strength to the rest of the body, to each other, to be encouraged to be lifted up <clears throat> properly and in Christ. And that was all motivated by what? In a spirit by love, or in love, rather. And that next verse there, he, he goes on down that they affirm together there in verse 17. So that I say this, affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their own understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their heart. And they that become callous have given themselves over to sensuality for every practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your old former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has created in righteousness and holiness and truth. So, not walking as, as the rest of the world does, not having the understanding that is given to us by the Spirit in Christ, that we, no longer being selfish as the world is, but concerned with the well-being of one another, just as Christ was also concerned for our well-being and our service to the Lord. Going down through there and chapter 5, he begins to warn them as well. He says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you. Gave himself up also, uh, up himself up for us and offering it a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So, just as Christ loved that he gave himself up for us, that's what we're to do for our brethren. That's what the body of Christ is for. We are members one of another. We have the same concern. We have to put the mind of Christ on, be renewed in our mindset, right? Changed. Because without this, it's impossible for for us to please God outside of the body of Christ. What does John say? Jesus talks about (laughs) I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but through me. Without one another. We have that difficulty in Christ. Without one another we have that difficulty uh, in which we cannot please God being outside of the body of Christ. So this is the way the Lord set it up. He encourages us not to forsake the assembling of one another as the habit of some. So we need one another. We see the time, and as the as time progresses and the world grows darker and 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 more evil, that we need each other more and more and more. As we need the Lord. Above all else, so let's in, let's be encouraging to one another. Let's invest time in one another, because without one another, how can we make it? We can't. That's why. God sent his only son. So let's uh, look to the scripture and see how we can encourage one another and how we can uplift one another. Because with, without it, we won't make it. Thank you for your attention this evening and your uh, love for one another. I pray that you're all safe and if you need anything, you can always, always reach out. Um, love you all and hope you have a blessed evening and a good week and uh, be back on Wednesday evening for our our midweek uh, uh, message and hope that you are all uh, go out and, and have a good week Lord bless